As we reflect on our move toward subsistence, we realize that sometimes we do things that just wouldn't be possible in a post-petroleum world. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of October the 19th. We apologize. We're a day behind getting this to you. Uh, it's not because we've set out to change our schedule. We just ran out of time yesterday. But that's okay. We were busy in a good way. So. <laughs> and what we were doing, I, I don't mind talking about it, is uh, our church has been very active with a ministry called Beans and Rice, where we give away food every month. And yesterday was the day we took delivery of, gosh, around you know, 2,000 pounds of food that we will give away on Saturday. And you and I helped to unload it and get it stacked on the shelf right. so that it's ready for our clients to come get it on Saturday. Yeah. Um, just a, It's an important ministry, and we're proud to be part of it. And the so. more people who are helping at a time, the, the work goes more quickly. And we, frankly, really enjoyed the time of visiting know, with our fellow church members. Hanging out with them. So that's why we didn't have a podcast for you yesterday, and we do apologize. But uh, it is our hope and expectation that we will remain on a Thursday schedule, and you'll have your podcast next week at the regular time. Well, our focus today is on those guilty pleasures that we continue to enjoy. Yes, we are making good progress toward uh, subsistence. Um, you and I have basically been through the summer now. We, I think we can call the summer finished, don't you think? It was 48 degrees when I just walked outside a few minutes ago, and I'm thinking, this no longer feels like summertime. Exactly. It thank feels goodness. like fall, thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, but even in the hot summertime, we made very limited use of air conditioning in the lodge. Uh, certainly when our company needed to be comfortable, we were not embarrassed about turning on the air conditioning for, for them. Uh, almost no air conditioning here in our little home in the barn. Um, and one of the things we're most proud of is that our uh, Vegetable production is kicking back into gear yeah, here. Yeah, we've got some, some fall veg planted. We, we actually had a pretty good bit from summer, despite the weed problems and neglect. How about that? I froze a good bit of okra um, and some tomatoes and peppers. And we had peppers. to cut down the okra while it was still producing. Yeah, so we could work on the raised bed project. So really, I think we're on track, and especially after the way things went last summer, that we really do envision being able to feed ourselves. And enough of that bragging. Right. Now we're going to talk about what what we're doing that's bad. Yeah, confession's good for the soul. We're and bad. It's we're time. bad. So uh, <laughs> we've got a little laundry list of things we know of that we continue to do, even though we know they're not part of a post-petroleum life. Um, and we intend to continue doing them. I don't know anything on this any of the, the items that you and I have identified so far that we're ready to say, well, we need to stop doing that because it's bad. Probably not. But we'll go down the list anyway. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's talk about the lodge first. Okay. We do have heat pump installed up there. Um, we 
des you designed the structure so that we only minimally would have to make use of air conditioning, and that would be in the hottest part of the summer when, and usually when there's company or somebody that isn't used to life without air conditioning. Um, but I have to confess that I went up there a couple of days this summer that it just seemed dank or not dank yet. It's really very pleasant up there. But I could tell that the air was beginning to get a little bit on the humid side. And I just cranked that air on just for a few minutes to get get the air dried out just to make it feel less humid in there and circulate it. And, you know, that did the trick. Now, I may find that um, as we go along, simply opening the windows and turning the fans on full blast of course, the fans use electricity, but you know what I'm saying. There may be alternatives to that. When you say fans, that. you're talking about the ceiling fans. The ceiling fans, fans right. Um, but the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> Adrian has, has been staying up there, and I wanted it to feel pleasant for her. So a couple of times I turned the air on very low. I mean, you know, like, the, in other words, the temperature was pretty high, the setting. Um, but we hardly ever use any air conditioning in our home, in our apartment, but again, we have been known to do it when it really got hot. Um, we're talking triple digits and too much humidity. And I, I turn the um, dehumidifier on if it gets too humid, um, and it's electric. Um, and, and maybe we should talk about a few other things that we're doing that aren't necessarily on site. Um, unless well, we you want to talk, talk about, about what we did yesterday. Oh, and it was fun. <laughs> after we had stayed at the church and after we had unpacked and stacked all that food, um, you and I whispered in each other's ear, Chinese. So we went across the river and picked up supper at the Chinese restaurant that's over in East Tallahassee, which we love. I don't even remember the name of it now. Oh, that's terrible. I'll put it on the show notes page. And, and also, we every now and then do the same thing when it comes to really good Mexican food. We're, we're fortunate in Tallahassee to have two excellent Mexican restaurants, Cozumel and Acapulco. And... Um, so we go to Cozumel more than we do Acapulco. But but both are very good. Yeah, and, and every now right, and then we... We're blessed to have them. Um, and so we're we're bad about picking up food and bringing it home to eat it. And so you, maybe people would say, well, why is that so guilty? Why is that so bad? Well, I would say that is guilty because it uses a great deal of resources. It's rather expensive. It um, makes us more dependent on petroleum to yeah. pick up food that way. Yeah, although we were in town at the time, so I, I, I'll give us credit for that. Uh, another food item that we really enjoy that we can't grow here in Tallahassee, um, we like seedless red grapes, preferably nice sweet ones. Almost always flown in from somewhere far away, either Chile California or, Cal or Chile or mm -hmm. Australia even. Um those grapes come from a long way away, and we purchase and consume them, um, even though they are clearly a, a, a remnant of a petroleum age, and we will not be able to get seedless red grapes in the future. And maybe while we're talking about that, um, I like California and West Coast wines. I like Oregon and Washington State wines. and Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to call that a guilty pleasure because, you know, a, a California wine or um, an Oregon wine can be brought to this side of the country by train. It doesn't have to travel quite so That's quickly as the seedless red grapes do. That's a good point. So I think you might 
I've been thinking about this. The, the products that that are stable and can can travel for many days before they arrive at their destination are less dependent on guzzling fossil fuels because they can be brought by rail. Yeah. Well, in that case, I won't feel guilty. Yeah, but I don't think you should. Like we had some wine from a local winery that was made from muscadines, and I enjoyed it, but it will never take the place on, in my palate of uh, regular wine, if you want to call it that. I agree. It, uh, it was from- interesting to drink muscadine wine, and I'm glad we had the opportunity to taste it. But it's not the same as what mm-hmm. we are accustomed to. And, and the reason I mentioned that is not because I'd go visit that winery so often. Is we anticipate having sufficient muscadine production ourselves to make our own muscadine wine. But I can tell that it's not going to take the place in my heart of a nice Chardonnay. Exactly. <laughs> and let's talk a little bit about your dulcimer group. Yeah, Here I- you are. Uh, preparing to provide entertainment in a post-petroleum age. That's right. I thought, go back to the simpler things, learning to play my own music. And in order to enjoy that simple thing, you... I drive all the way to Lochapoca to play with that group. And I I have to admit, I really enjoy it. In fact, the syrup sopping is tomorrow, and I'm going to be going over and playing with that group for the syrup sopping. And for the benefit of those who don't know where Lochapoca is, I can't imagine you would not. Uh, It's about an hour's drive from (laughs) Well, more like 45 minutes. Oh, okay, 45 minutes. But it's still, you're right. Um, If I were really, and and I suppose in a post-petroleum world, I would just assemble as many local musicians, people who live within a maybe even walking distance of the farm, and we would just sit around here and do picking and grinning, you know. But uh, but instead, I drive over to Lee County, where there are some really good players, and I enjoy their company. And um, it's just it's a it's a group with which I've bonded. So um, I guess I think it's worth it to do it. And I'm learning a lot. And I guess I, in a way I am preparing myself for the time that if I can't travel over there, I will have learned some good technique. I will have I learned some good music, made some good friends, and um, that you can't go wrong with that. And I am very comfortable with your doing that exactly for that reason. You are yeah. preparing for a more challenging time while you can uh, visit with those folks mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, this next one is, it sort of knocks the others out of the park. Our children, at least Joe, still will be living in California. And his family, Adrian, right. less certain. She's not quite sure where her home is going to be. But at least while Joe is in California, along with his two children, our and two grandchildren, wife, our and sweet his daughter-in-law. wife, Michelle, we're going to be flying to California to see them. And, uh, boy, talk about guzzling fossil fuel. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, while we're talking guzzling fossil fuel, your wife still fantasizes about going to London, back to England when she can. So um, hopefully that'll be happening before too long. And to be honest, we had a trip scheduled to Italy this fall around your 60th birthday. And we agreed to postpone it because mm-hmm. of the all the difficulties with my arm and the recovery and so forth. But hopefully it will simply be a postponement. That well, we'll we make hope it over it's there. Ne- merely a postponement, and eventually we do plan to travel to Italy and have a chance to experience that together. Okay, the next one, um, 
you may have already mentioned this. Did you I already haven't, talk about no. that? Okay. One thing that was very important to us in one of the reasons that we relocated to this particular area looking for a farm in this particular part of the world is to be closer to my mom. And she's about to turn 88 in December. Um, we love being with her, and she likes us to come when we can to have Sunday lunch with her at her country club. We do that whenever we can, you know, especially as it relates to our church schedule, if we can get there. But we do it on a fairly regular basis or go to see her. If we can't make it on Sunday, we go, you know, spend time with her. And of course, you know, lately she's had some health problems and I've had to go down um, to Montgomery and be with her for that. But, you know, we get in the car and we drive a round trip. We're talking an hour to go back and forth to mm -hmm. Montgomery. Um, but again, I would not change that for the world. I want to be able to be with her. You bet. We're going to continue doing it as long as we can, understanding, and we keep reminding Mama about this. You know, we don't know how much longer we'll be able to drive in on a Sunday and enjoy lunch but we with could, her. And I think so we're forth. in cycling distance of her house. Though. That's right. We might be yeah, able to bicycle is. in and have a, a nice uh, visit with her and then bicycle back to the yeah. farm. And or we might stay overnight. You know, it might not be a back and forth thing. It might be we'd go and stay for a while and come back if we had bicycles. That's it's true. It's a long trip. Uh, w did we already talk about your hairdresser? No, we okay. didn't. Why don't you go ahead and um, mention that one? This one is very important because I have certain uh, people, doc people who provide services, but also friends in some cases, in Birmingham that I don't want to change and one of them is my hairdresser Alan Renfro he's wonderful and he is he is in the category of he's a friend and also does my hair better than anybody I've ever seen um so no I'm not finding a hairdresser in Tallahassee I go twice a year to see Alan and enjoy it um I do try to combine trips because I have a dentist also <laughs> still in I, I still have a dentist in Birmingham and uh my eye doctor and my regular GP are both Birmingham doctors. So um, a lot of times I'll try to whatever you know put put trips to consolidate trips is what I'm trying to say and do the dentist and the hairdresser in the same day or go to a um, I'm also a, a non-resident member of a group called Speech Arts and I try to go to those meetings when I can when I can be in town. And you sometimes travel to Birmingham with your consulting business. Yes, my consulting work, which, you know, in a way, I don't know that I'd say guilty pleasure because all of us, at least at this point in with where petroleum is, um, commute for work uh, exactly. experiences. Yeah. So I don't think I'm a lot different from other people. Yeah, as you go where the work is. Pleasure. That's just what you do. Yeah, to but, I, but sometimes I try to consolidate that as well. Not to mention, we still have a lot of friends in Birmingham and... So I'll try weddings, to funerals. Yeah, weddings, funerals. Drive to Birmingham. Well, to, I'm just thinking even something more pleasant. Like if I know I'm going to be in town, I might also schedule lunch with a friend or go out to dinner or, or you know somehow consolidate that. So yes, I have not moved a lot of the things I could have moved here just because I don't want to. I like what I like my Birmingham life, I guess, in that respect, and didn't want to change it. Well, I guess this next one, I'm not sure it's a guilty pleasure because it's not something we do for the fun of it, but it is something that we know is guzzling petroleum, and that is we continue to bush hog the trails around Longleaf Breeze. 
our hope and expectation, frankly, is that uh, through our being careful to let the woods grow up on either side of our trails, that there will be less and less bush hogging needed each year. Right. But while we're waiting for that to happen, I'm still using the bush yeah. hog, and it still uses diesel fuel. Because so. the weeds, if you don't, the weeds just get to the point you can't walk the trail very easily. Yeah. So um, it's necessary. Uh, we have cell phones, and of course, we rely heavily on not only cell phones but our internet through Absolutely. Verizon. We do not have landline for telephone. We're solely dependent on our cell phones, and our cell phones and our internet all come through one tower that's down at the interchange between Highway 229 and I-85. Yeah. So. You know, that's, and we have talked a little bit in the past about the resilience of having a ham radio right. to give us so a backup. So we do backup. have that as a backup, but um, honestly, we're awfully dependent on those cell phones and the internet for our routine communication, our day-to-day -day communication with the outside world. And not to mention the internet more and more, um, if I just have a, a gardening question that I can't answer, I could walk over to the bookcase and pull my books off the shelf. But it's so much quicker to just grab my laptop and Google, you know, whatever squash bugs or and um, and do my research that way. And we know that's how many of you are continuing to keep up with us. You're keeping up with us on the internet, and for that we are grateful. We're yes, uh, we will continue to use the internet in as many ways as we can while we are working to get as smart as possible about how to make this work. Yeah. And I'm sure there are a lot of other th just everyday activities that we engage in that we don't even reflect on, oh, could that be something that's overly um, dependent on using fossil fuels? Or is that something that if, you know, we were totally off the grid, we'd be able to still do? Or, you know, we could just, it probably boggles our mind how many, or would boggle our minds if I were aware of, um, all the different ways in which we still depend on fossil fuel and on being able to ship things across the country and across the world, actually. Exactly. And, and I guess that's one of the reasons that we do a program like this on Guilty Pleasures, because it helps to remind us that we've become so accustomed to this lifestyle, we don't think about some of the things we do as guilty pleasures. Well, and think they about, just feel like the way to do yeah. things. I mean, for example, I'm a, I'm a Mac user, so I've got an iPhone, an iPod, and um, a Mac computer, you know, and, and the big oh, controversy honey, wh now. What's wrong with you? Why don't you have an iPad? <laughs> well, we could have that discussion, but right now I'm actually one of the few people who doesn't need an iPad. Um, i take my laptop if I need to use it. But anyway, back to we all know about what's going on with Apple and China and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, that that's a talk about being dependent on shipping things around the world and uh, technology that's unsustainable in the long term, probably. Yeah, I'm enjoying it while I have it, but it may not always be here. And I will confess that I am now beginning the process of shopping for a replacement for my laptop. And whatever product I, I buy, I'm confident it will have been assembled from parts that were manufactured in a handful of countries, if not a dozen different countries. 
time. Yeah. That's just the way the industry works. Yeah. So, and, and I know that we're running out of time and we can't really, um, we don't really have an answer to that, except to say that it, I think the first step towards subsistence is becoming aware of how dependent we are on the global market. And uh, then we go from there, right? This has been a fun conversation. I'm glad we did this. I think it is helpful for us to remember how guilty some of these pleasures are. And we've enjoyed our visit with you. We hope you have a great week, and we'll look forward to next week with you. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.